Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. This executive order. Your life. Was, was mean spirited and un American. I noticed uh, Chuck Schumer yesterday with fake tears. I'm going to ask him who was his acting coach. There's about a 5% chance that it was real, but I think they were fake tears. Hello and welcome to the show. It's a great show. It's a terrific show. It's a tremendous show. Frankly, the best right after Tom Brady and that Super Bowl display I just saw. That was incredible. But this is not a football show. Mostly because this is Beauty and the Beta and I'm flanked on my right by that buzzkill. <laughs> my wonderful co-host, I usually call her Rebecca Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Talk a little bit more about the Super Bowl lately, because there are some angles I can take on that. But um, what you heard in the intro, though, that was my favorite clip of the week. Chuck Schumer crying and Trump Trump saying just a 5% chance they were real. But leaving the door open, <laughs> I like that. But so much has happened since then that we're not even going to talk about that. It's going to be a big post-Super Bowl after party here. Lots of items of intrigue, beginning with the story that I don't think you and I could have made up if we tried about our very own special personal and professional stalker. So we'll, we'll start the show with that. Uh, some tinfoil hattery from lefties in denial about what happened in Berkeley this week. The absolute madness that went down at UC Berkeley. We'll talk about uh, the social justice infiltration into the Super Bowl which is the angle I think I can take and get away with it with you. I think you'll appreciate this. But we had calls from the USA Today this week for Tom Brady to disavow Trump, disavow <laughs> his relationship with Trump. And, um, and if you caught some of the ads, a lot of people watch the Super Bowl for the ads. This was one case in which the game was way, way better than the ads. The ads, if, you're, if your cranium is still intact... By the end of watching these ads, we'll call it a success. So I'm eager to, to see what you think of those. My live reactions, because I watched none of it. Right. So <laughs> hopefully I, I've shielded them from you in, in the hope of preserving authentic reactions. Um, <laughs> what else we got? We got uh, an update and, and possibly a conclusion to the Clockboy saga that I want to touch on. And we have one last thing, the, the latest meme in the Puff family. We had Triglypuff, we had Smuglypuff. Now we have Triglyprof, their, their aunt, or somehow related to them, uh, at NYU this week, where Gavin McInnes was speaking. So we'll talk about that. Uh, it'll be all this and more on your favorite hour listing material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on iTunes. Thank you for keeping us afloat, helping us upgrade stuff on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That's Beauty and the Beta 
at gmail.com. Remember, there's more of the show on those audio platforms, iTunes, Google Play, all the others. You can listen to the call-in show we do weekly on Wednesday, plus some other bonus material you won't find on YouTube. But considering great material that is on YouTube, uh, we've got an hour with Dave Rubin from, from Tuesday that we're very proud of. If you didn't catch that, you can go back and, and look at our unfiltered hour uh, with Dave. I was really happy talking to Dave, but I haven't yeah. heard your thoughts. We haven't actually talked much about it since we did it. So <laughs> what were true. your thoughts on what were your He thoughts was so on relaxed. Dave? I liked yeah. it. It was, it was a different Dave, um, and he did an excellent Cosby impression. For anybody <laughs> that hasn't seen it yet. Yeah, I saw uh, Jeff Holiday chop that out and put it yeah, on Twitter yeah. for us. That was very nice. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I love that he loosens up. I love that he lets his opinions flow freely when he's on other, other people's platforms. I'm still kicking myself because I didn't, production-wise, the, the audio levels were a little bit off, so some people gave me crap for that. And I know I'm kicking myself. It's got to be perfect when we have a good, uh, the biggest <laughs> get in the history of our show. But, you know, the whole duct tape production, we hide behind all the excuses that we have, and um, we do the best we can. And I, I learn as I go. You know, not until we can hire our own college kid slave intern from down the street. Then yes. we'll then we'll have a, a scapegoat, a built in scapegoat. One day. Yeah. All right. On with the show. We got um, a, a couple social media updates and a few pieces of art that were sent this week that I do want to touch mm-hmm. on. Uh, big surprise. Speaking of we're very proud of uh, every time we get eyes that we admire on the show. We're always very proud of that. Big time. Uh, big time. Shout out in your mentions. I know, week. right? I wake up and I see Lauren Southern in my mentions. I'm like, oh, yeah. Apparently her dad, um, Kevin, watches our show. And so she wanted us to give a little shout out. Uh, so Kevin Southern, thank you for making Lauren privy to Beauty and the Beta. That warms <laughs> my heart, seriously. And we'd love to have her on. Yeah, Open we are. Um, yeah, hopefully that'll, be, that'll happen. We are the preferred podcast of cool Canadian dads, <laughs> Kevin Southern included. It's true. What else did I get today? I got... Uh, so in my mentions today, I got uh, a bizarre nickname. It's not really bizarre. It's actually, I'm surprised somebody hasn't thought of it earlier, but I, I did want to share it because it is funny. Someone referred to me today as Woke Steve Shives. Woke Steve Shives is lit. Oh, no. So, <laughs> I figure, you know, you try to cover these things up. You try to cover these things up. Oh, I don't want to be, I don't want that Steve Shives nickname to stick to me. But I, I figure I'll just throw it out there, you know? You've got all the cool nicknames. I don't have a cool one yet. <laughs> I Am get I... Blonde Fuhrer and you have to be Woke Steve Shives. That's <laughs> yeah. bullshit, man. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that's fine with me. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm not going to hide from it. I think, that's, I think that's just fine. It's better than being regular Steve Shives, isn't it? <laughs> I guess so. That's true. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome on the show, Steve. I would invite <laughs> you if I wasn't blocked just for having an account. Yeah. Aren't we all? Right. <laughs> couple of pieces of art. Uh, Kevin Schooler, who does a lot of artwork of a lot of different YouTube personalities that I've seen circulating, all of them very cool, did one of you. Uh, yeah, it's very, very lovely. He also did an albino version because uh, some people complained on Twitter about my skin tone. So, uh, yeah, he did one of those too. But I love it. I think he really captured my likeness. Right. I guess it does look a little sunburned maybe. But, um, <laughs> but overall, yeah, I like, uh, I like the look. I like the art style. And uh, appreciate it, Kevin. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. And then um, from emailer Mark, you said this was from Mark, right? 
Yes, it's from Mark. I'm I'm not sure if I should say the last name. So, so yeah, cool. I got this too, and this is another good one. He gave me a he gave me something up top. I appreciate that. And fan <laughs> I was art. going to say <laughs> this particular scene has been revisited a few times, but they're always very kind with their augmentation. I know, right? That's that's and very, I appreciate that. <laughs> that's very nice. Um, you know what else crazy happened this week? We got a we got a shout out on the old he will not divide us cam. How cool is that? Uh, friend of the show, listener, um, uh, uh, Fire visited the He Will Not Divide Us site in New York City. And not only did he give us a shout out, but there was a, a moment that happened at the same time. But they think it's Brittany Venti who hangs out there. Is that her name? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I looked her up on Twitter. I think it is Brittany Venti. She's like a gaming YouTube personality, but she's been hanging out there a lot. I'm not the He Will Not Divide Us expert, but... <laughs> There was a scene when he's standing there, and I think Brittany's there, and a Seattleite visits the cam and offers some commentary that I think is a classic piece of testimony to your struggle to coexist uh, in that particular part of the country. So let's check this out. So uh, let's start out with a little shout out uh, to my buddies in the Discord chat. You know who you are. Uh, my buddy Blip, uh, we got Sliff, Commoner, all you guys. Oh, we got, it's, Cameron's here too, it's great. Uh, shout out to, my, to Matt Christensen, Blonde, all you guys in the Beauty and the Beta uh, podcast. You guys are awesome too. Oh, hell yeah. All the way from Seattle, Washington, he will not divide us. Of course. I mean, of course. No, I love Seattle, but I've been there a few times. Seattle's great. I do love Seattle. You just look like you're from Seattle, is all I'm saying. Now notice, yeah, what I love is you just look like you're from Seattle, that's all I'm saying. Doesn't fight it. Doesn't fight it, just agrees. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, The nickname has already come in for this particular individual. Can you guess the nickname for this person? I guess you wouldn't be able to guess it. That's unfair. You can probably cheat and look in the show notes, but no, no. Tell me, tell me. Tranny wise, the clown. (laughs) I don't get it. What's on his face? Is it a he? I, it it is. It's a tiny man, right? I don't know. Is it a child? (laughs) The mystery, the mystery of tranny wise, the clown. Who knows? Uh, but I just thought that that particular moment on the, uh, the camera in New York was worthy of, uh, worthy of some play. That was great. Oh, oh man. Thank you so much. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. It's, uh, it's time. It's time we acknowledge the elephant in the room. <laughs> the person who is always an elephant in the room. And I know he's listening. He's oh, always of he listening. Of course he's everywhere. He is. He's Daryl. Now for people, it, it seems like one of the blessings of this show is we're always kind of slowly building an audience. We appreciate that very much. New people coming in to listen. Love to have you here. Appreciate all you're doing for the show. Not everyone is familiar with the backstory here. <laughs> so you and I went to, I'll try to be as quick as I can for people that have been here a long time, but you and I went to Cleveland. We went to the RNC. We did a lot of interviews last yeah. summer. This dude is walking around stalking us and kind of just lurking over our interviews until we actually get confrontational with him and say, what are you doing? If you want to talk to us, just talk to us. Don't lurk and stalk and take weird photos of us and stuff. That's bizarre. Lots of hovering. 
So we, we get in touch, we, we start talking to him. He accuses us of being white supremacists and tells us that he's going to expose us and ruin our lives. And this gentleman we come to learn at the time uh, is named Daryl Lamont Jenkins. This was a clip from last July in Cleveland of Daryl Lamont Jenkins and I and you on the camera. That's what white supremacy does. Who is out here trying white, to ruin people's lives? White supremacy who, ruins who, people's oh, no. lives. You guys want so, to associate white, with that. White, I'm a white supremacist. Are you prepared to say that? Yes. On what basis? Yes. On the basis of your association. Am I a white supremacist? Seriously. I'm a white person. I say fuck white Am I a white supremacist? That's so fucking Why? Why? Do you know yes. <laughs> Okay. So that's... Um... Every time I see it. <laughs> <laughs> that is how we met this particular person and he's pledged to ruin our lives and expose us he never really has even this last week you and i woke up uh, one of these weekday mornings to mentions from daryl lamont jenkins um what did he say to us let's pull up the tweet here uh they live on the internet it's the people all these people who are going to expose us they live on the internet so seldom will you find them anywhere that doesn't require you to have wi-fi first okay so this guy true that's true <laughs> this guy is Telling us that we are not active enough, that we uh, <laughs> <laughs> that we are basement losers. Okay, I would say um, that's the pot calling the kettle black, but that's racist, and I'll be exposed for saying such a thing, of course. Now, now that we have the context for who this particular individual is, we got a lot of emails, we got a lot of Twitter mentions this week. Starting, I forget which night the the story broke. Two nights ago, three nights ago, the first person to break it to me. I want to. Because we got so many, but it was uh, at Big D in NJ, a listener by the name of Mike, who got the story to us first. And I broke out laughing. Oh, it was so great. When I you saw this You got the Daily story. Caller article, like, right first? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go through that really quickly. And then we'll have some testimony from James O'Keefe, who was also involved in this particular story. Um. So... <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, so this, the headline here. Uh, leftist activists get kicked out of a food court, but not before showing porn to a reporter. Okay, so the D.C. anti-fascist coalition had booked a room at the National Press Club to hold a press conference in which they would unveil damaging information about James O'Keefe and Project Veritas. These are the people that had that had those videos before the election showing the DNC and others com conspiring to, commit, uh, to uh, incite violence, among other things. There were videos about voter fraud, things like that. Very famous videos before the election. They're going to bust... James O'Keefe, they have this photo of him allegedly hanging out with uh, Jared Taylor or other white nationalists or whatever. So they get to the National Press Club and they supposedly have a room to do this press conference. It doesn't work out. So they get kicked out to uh, a food court. And, <laughs> and they're going to have a press conference in this food court. Uh, a few of the almost 10 people present grabbed food, and it was liberal activist Daryl Lamont Jenkins' turn to speak. Jenkins is the executive director of the, of the One People's Project, which seeks to expose white supremacists in the conservative movement. Jenkins proceeded to speak about a photo he released in 2010 of O'Keefe at a conference which included white nationalist Jared Taylor. This is kind of Daryl's bit. Hey, I have a picture of you being in the same area as a person <laughs> one time. So you're guilty right, right. of association. Meanwhile, Daryl hangs out with Antifa uh, and other anarchist groups, people actually committing violence, but that association doesn't matter, but I digress because the point here, <laughs> the real juicy part, no pun intended in this story is Jenkins decided to show this photo to the journalists present at the food court 
at the food court table and turned his iPad around horizontally. This reporter was seated across Jenkins when he turned his iPad around and, uh, and the photo of O'Keefe became a thumbnail of Jenkins downloads folder surrounded by dozens of thumbnails of pornographic videos. <laughs> Jenkins showed off his porn collection for around 20 seconds before turning his iPad back towards him and exclaiming, what the hell? Most of the thumbnails appeared to be of white women, of course, <laughs> white women, a white women uh, porn collection in compromised positions. Jen- Jenkins went on to talk about his efforts to beat back again, <laughs> no pun intended, beat back racists in American society. The Daily Caller asked Jenkins after the event if the thumbnails on his iPad's downloads folder were indeed porn, and he nervously denied that uh, this was the case. Jenkins said that these were videos he had shot uh, himself on his device. The Daily Caller asked him again. Uh, asked to see them again. Jenkins said he wouldn't show them because he claimed the videos were of protest and some of the people didn't want to be scene (laughs) i'm so happy but wait there's more um or well there's not really more there's a little bit more substantiation let's put it that way because this is hearsay we weren't there i i can believe i have a hard time believing someone would make up this story why um and also i mean it just (laughs) if, if i had to just uh speculate about what some of Daryl's private time looks like. This goes uh, <laughs> along with that quite this well. This is consistent with what I'd imagine he's doing on his, on his own time. Yeah. Right. So there is, um, but there's more. James O'Keefe actually posted a video on Twitter in which he has some audio clips that are consistent with this story. So I do want to share that as well. So tonight at the National Press Club in Washington might be one of the funniest things that's ever happened uh, this anti-fascism group, this Disrupt J20 group, was trying to do some big reveal on Project Veritas. They even wrote a press release announcing they were going to release damaging information, <laughs> the names of my undercover reporters, etc. They get to the National Press Club, and they're not let in. Security won't let them in. So they go to a, a nearby food court, try to have a press conference. For anyone who's still hanging on to the idea that this is a press conference, let me introduce our next speaker. Um, <laughs> and as they're having the press conference, they're they're taking out the iPad to apparently not release anything new, but some photo from six years ago that has already been released. There's pornographic images. There's there's porn tabs they've left open on their iPad as they're trying to show the reporters. So uh, so we've we've floated this um, picture around at one point where what the hell. I just want to say thank you, Lauren Windsor, and Undercurrent, and Anti-Fascist, and Daryl Lamont and Jenkins, and all these people. Um, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> I, 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 I'm dying. I, I, I think I laughed for a solid ten minutes when I saw the article uh, at Daily Caller. Your thoughts. Your thoughts. Oh, this, this just makes just me so happy. Laughter of joy. Yeah. I mean, but I did always know fundamentally that his weird obsession with white supremacists was just rooted in being sexually rejected by white women. I love how it's all white women, this pornography. I'm like, oh, really? Really, Daryl? Huh? How much do you really hate white people, huh? Right, right. <laughs> well, the, the, other than the fact that this is a joke in itself, this story. <laughs> this is it, like it, 10 it is, jokes in itself. It's a golden opportunity to write jokes. <laughs> and I, I tried to write a few of my own, but I did. I, I reached out to some of our, to some of our top men 
of shit posting. I think of this clip. Uh, we have top men working on it right now. Who? <laughs> top men. Top men. <laughs> Put our top men to the task of writing some Daryl one-liners. Some one-liners about this story. So, I will begin. <laughs> and yes, these will be corny, and yes, this will be cheesy, but my God, I don't know what, what other way to handle this. So, <clears throat> yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> Daryl has always taken a hard stance on racism. Not as hard in recent years, <laughs> but he does what he can. Boo. <laughs> all right, all right. Daryl says it takes time, commitment, and focus these days to beat it. Racism, that is. <laughs> <laughs> Judge Daryl, not on the color of his skin, but on the content of his porn collection. Uh, where, where's the noise? I didn't hear anything. Oh, well, I did it. Keep going. All right, all right. Don't ruin the segment. Sorry, jeez. It's so professional. <laughs> Daryl says he busts Nazis for a living, but really he just busts Nazis. <laughs> Unconfirmed reports say Daryl's porn collection included the titles Mein Kunt, Poland Dancing, <laughs> Rise of the ASS, and Hitler's Barely Legal Youth. Reporters were uncomfortable with Daryl's lunch order. An all-beef wiener between two white buns. <laughs> he wanted to take his case all the way to the Supreme Court, but he only got as far as the food court. <laughs> Daryl fights imaginary white supremacists by day and dominates imaginary white women by night. <laughs> The entire group was kicked out of the food court after Daryl used their whole supply of wet wipes. Oh, gross. <laughs> when Daryl threatens to take us to court over this segment, at least we know he means to the food court for imitation tie and a fountain Powerade. <laughs> okay, that's all. That's enough. That's enough of that crap. <laughs> Those were brought to you by yours truly, of course. Uh, but also we had contributions from Holy Biju, Bad Beats, Jay Fry, of course, Jay Fry, Brash Rhino, Gary Coker, uh, Macoptera, Dan Irish, our usual shitposting crew. So thank you for helping us put those together. I will say this. Uh, I hate to hammer people this hard on something that I think is probably not, it's certainly not unique to him. Everybody watches porn. I don't care if Daryl watches porn. I don't it's, it's embarrassing for him, but I don't consider him any less of a person because, uh, because of that fact. What I will say is if you're someone that has dedicated your life to stalking people, to exposing them, to trying to embarrass them, to trying to ruin their lives, this is karma. This is what you get. Yeah, that's true. A few times when we were doing this, I was like, man, I don't know. I just am starting to feel sorry for him. I'm not really angry anymore. And I'm just like, <laughs> ugh, this sad loser. So I don't know. Maybe we should we should let up on Daryl Lamont Jenkins. I'm not letting up on this story. He did try to ruin our lives. I'm not letting up on this story. Well, yeah. Oh, no. he, he looked me in the eyes and said, you need to Google me because I'll fucking ruin your life. 
Yeah, and I do get okay. tweets from him periodically that's like, I'm talking to Daniel Hill from the Riverfront Times, and I'm going to yeah. destroy you. And I just like keep waiting for him. I mean, nothing, nothing. He still does it. So. But it's a double whammy with this KKK thing, um, the A&E show. You know, that was his, supposed to be his big thing, and then that fell through. And then he does something like this that's really embarrassing, and he already weighs 400 pounds. I mean, it's just like how much bad shit what the hell is going on here? You're the one know, with the softness. Just, you're the one. Just, you're the one with the consideration. No, okay, but let me uh, let me play in the your week, part. Skag me... was like, okay, we gotta let up, and I was like, don't you ruin this for me? And now I'm like, <laughs> well, maybe I don't know. And all of these things are by his own doing. That's uh, true. If it wasn't we didn't for even him, know he was a person. This, this segment wouldn't exist. I wouldn't give a shit about this story if he didn't stalk us for three days. Yeah, I all know. of this is his doing. So to people who think that maybe you're new here, maybe you think we're being harsh. Maybe we are. I'll be honest. Maybe we are. But for someone that wh whose aim is is unjustified aggression against us. Yeah, I'm going to have a laugh. I'm going to have yeah. a good laugh at this story. And can you but, imagine how he would be if we did something like this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He'd be all over it. I mean, yeah. Well, he said he told me at the RNC, I'm going to do this research on you. I'm going to produce a file that's going to show your ties um, to white supremacism and or your own white supremacist beliefs. I said, great. I want to see that when you're done. Email it to me. Surprise, surprise. He never did. His response was, yeah, I looked into you and you're boring. <laughs> OK, yeah, that's okay. pretty much what I told you in Cleveland, you loser. I'm not a white supremacist. I'm just a normal guy with a duct tape show that people like to watch. So maybe just leave me be. Maybe just let me go about my business and don't stalk me. And if you insist on trying to dig up tiny flaws in what other people do, don't put porn on your work iPad or your work computer. Everyone knows you put one on, you have one personal computer where all your porn is, or you stream porn, you don't store it locally, <laughs> and then you have a work computer that is just professional. Get with the program, Daryl. You got all that GoFundMe money? Buy a crappy PC for your work purposes that doesn't have porn on it. Oh, man. You're right. You're right. I just, I got to stay strong. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done on that story. Oh, but it was so good. I did feel like it was delivered to us for our faithful service in trolling. <laughs> I think I said yeah. praise Keck when I tweeted about oh, it. Oh, yeah. it's um. We were joking earlier in the week. It, uh, Gavin did that bit. We'll talk about Gavin in a little bit with regard to Truly Puff, but Truly Prof. But Gavin did that whole bit a little while back where he was in the hospital from so much winning. <laughs> and I feel yeah. like we're kind of getting... It's just been a, a couple great, uh, a great couple weeks here for, uh, for us personally. And, and yeah. So I, I hate to say that because knock on wood, we're probably doomed for some terrible failure upcoming. I, I don't know. But um, but yeah, I feel like we're sick from so much winning at this point. <laughs> anyway, good luck, Daryl. Good luck with that credibility. People, you know, if it wasn't yeah, ruined by your yeah. fake KKK documentary, porn on your presentations to reporters isn't going to help. But good luck. You know, he's been on uh, Rachel Maddow, I think. I don't know. Yeah. MSNBC and, and some other. He's had some primetime moments uh, and it's just never, ever going to happen again. Yeah. So no more material from him. It's that's kind of a bummer. Would not count it out. Anyway, what's he gonna do? So, did you ever predict this? <laughs> what's he would gonna do have, next? Would you have predicted this? Of course not. <laughs> so we've given enough time to that, though. There's a lot, of, a lot to talk about tonight, and a lot of stuff I want to get to. We um, it seems like so long ago already, but we haven't even talked about Berkeley. I did a little bit of a video on it, just kind of a conceptual video, as opposed to what happened in Berkeley specifically. 
That was absolute insanity. And again, I know, right? We, we've been talking about this for weeks of this normalization, this acceptance and legitimization of violence coming from the political left. Berkeley is maybe the worst example we've seen yet. I don't, it's hard to rank them. They're all awful. What you went through at UW is awful. What happened at his tour stop in Davis was awful. Uh, it looks like was Berkeley awful. was the worst. The inauguration was awful. They're, they're all terrible, but <laughs> instead, how many times can these people double down? I guess my point is this. When the when they lost the election, they had an opportunity for self-reflection, introspection, to say, here's what we did wrong. Let's diagnose our, our flaws in our strategy and try to do better next time. Nope, they doubled down. It's because of Russia. It's because of racists, blah, X, Y, and Z. Now, when people on their side are getting violent... It's not um, it's not because they have kind of cultivated a, a legitimization of violence through their insanity. It's because there are uh, there's secret right wing infiltration. That's the that's the conspiracy of the week coming from at least two people. I've heard Robert Reich, former labor secretary and Berkeley professor. And of course, our friends at the Young Turks. Have you heard these yet? Uh, the Young Turks one, but I haven't heard. Okay. Reich. Reich is Reich is similar. I know what I saw, and those people were not Berkeley students. Those were outsiders, agitators. Uh, they, I've never seen them before. Uh, for you know, There's rumors that they actually were right-wingers. They were part of a kind of a group that were organized and ready to create the kind of tumult and danger you saw that forced the police to cancel the event. Do you think this was a strategy by Yiannopoulos or right-wingers? They put this on so they could... Uh, in an effort to show or that, you know, there's no free speech on, on a college campus like UC Berkeley? I, I, I wouldn't bet against it, Don. I, I, you know, I, again, I saw these people. They were very, they, they all looked very, almost paramilitary. Uh, they were not from the campus. Uh, and uh, I, I, I've heard, you know, I, again, I don't want to say factually, but I've heard that there was some relationship there between these people and uh, the right wing and yeah. the right wing uh, movement that is, is affiliated with Breitbart. And, and the minute you do violence, hey, knuckleheads, they are in charge of the United States government. I got news for you. They've got a lot more violence than you do. That is so monumentally dumb, let alone immoral and the wrong thing to do, if they are left-wingers. But no one actually knows that. Could the right wing come in masked? Could it be 4chan guys who come in to cause trouble so that what? they can then turn around and do exactly what they did today? Oh, you got to take away the funding from Berkeley. I mean, they're teaching science over there. They're teaching facts. Ugh, we hate facts. The right yeah. wing hates facts. No, no, what a convenient Reichstag fire we just had. You guys don't understand how problematic all of this is, right? Because, first of all, if it was a clever strategy by the right, congratulations, it's working. So don't play into it, okay? Well, <sighs> your thoughts on the tinfoil. I'll let you take oh it away. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Freeze They're that face for science. a second. They're teaching <laughs> science at Berkeley. That's... Ah! Right. Oh I mean, God. yeah. The reasoning is so silly. I mean, not just the the theory itself is insane, but the reasoning of, well, the right wing got word that there were facts being taught at Berkeley, so they targeted Berkeley because they don't like the facts right. being taught there. And you then are, the 4chan. What the fuck is he talking about with the with 4chan? What? You're on this high and mighty moral mountaintop about facts while creating the most fact-free tinfoil hat <laughs> conspiracy ever right. I've ever heard. And and this has been a year of of plenty. There was some work done I've seen circulating Twitter. One of these masked assailants is apparently confirmed to be an actual Berkeley employee, 
which is kind of interesting. I, I, I shouldn't say confirmed. I should say there's some research on Twitter that suggests that is the case and looks to be credible. What my, the other thing I love about what Robert Reich says is, I've never seen these people before. I don't recognize them. That is the purpose of their masks. Right, right, totally. But I will say there might be um, some legitimacy in that these are outsiders. Uh, you know, you hear about the Soros-funded mm. protesters all the time. Sure. Uh, so I bet that most of these people were not students. Um, yeah, But how the fuck fair. would he know? I mean, everybody was wearing a mask. Well. I mean, when you pan over the audience, it's like 90% yeah, yeah. of the what people. Is, what is masks. Halloween at Robert Reich's house? And right, he answers right. the door, who are you? I've never seen you before. <laughs> you you little goblin or whatever you're dressed up as. Um, yeah, I, I do think it's fair to speculate about the, where these people come from, like geographically, or right. whether they're internal to Berkeley. That's fine. But this political motive conspiracy that... Especially, especially if you're Breitbart or you're whomever, do you really think that you're going to get, I guess what I'm saying is Milo has, has created such gigantic influence for himself. Do you really think that the sway in public opinion, the influential value you're going to get out of faking this is greater than you would get by just having him host his talk, which is probably 500 kids there watching it live and maybe a hun- up to 100,000 YouTube views, maybe more. Right. That just doesn't make sense strategy wise. I don't know. That's that's all I got on that. I just uh, I'm a lover of tinfoil. You know, <sighs> I still have that tinfoil hat back there uh, on the. Well, on who's buying shelf. this though? Every Young Turks video that I look at is just downvoted out the yang. I'm, I I just I think everybody's just hate watching them. Who is watching the Young Turks still for legitimate news? Is anybody? Is anybody uh, not hate watching them? It's hate views, man. That's <laughs> that's why they brought Sean King on board. Oh man. Anyway. Can I talk Super Bowl? Yeah, got, let's do it. I got some Super Bowl items you might appreciate. Um, you probably don't care about <laughs> the comeback that was just exhibited, which I believe is the largest in the history of the Super Bowl, uh, if I'm correct. Uh, Tom Brady's fifth Super Bowl win. That is incredible football greatness, football immortality right there. But uh, the, the interesting thing politically this week was this push to get Tom Brady to disavow or come clean about his relationship with Donald Trump because he has kind of hinted in the past that he might have some kind of appreciation for Trump. And of course there's kind of a speculated relationship or I mean, not even be speculated. It might be confirmed, but basically Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, Bill Belichick, the coach and Tom Brady all have varying degrees of a relationship or appreciation for Donald Trump. And Tom Brady has done everything he can to keep that private um, you'll, you'll notice in the, the Super Bowl press conferences here, he was asked about Trump and just refuses to talk about it. President Trump, how would you describe that relationship? I'm just, I'm not talking politics at all. Yeah. Why? Why? Because I just want to focus on the positive aspects of this game and... Okay, but that's not good enough. The USA Today puts out this article this week, this op-ed. Tom Brady has some explaining to do on Donald Trump. Check out some of these quotes. Tom Brady no longer gets a pass on his friendship with Donald Trump. Um, 
But in refusing to publicly disavow Trump's actions, Brady is giving tacit endorsement to both Trump and the chaos he has created, regardless of whether he was duped into being a prop or is genuinely friends with Trump. Brady inserted himself into the national firestorm. He can't be surprised that people want to know more and now expect more. Dun, dun, dun. Man, can we just have some activities that are not ruined by politics? Like these are supposed to take us out of the political sphere in real life. And we're supposed to be able to to focus on something else together. Isn't that the whole point of this? I would say yes, but the ads (laughs) are going to offer it on their opinion shortly. I, I share your annoyance. Okay. Everyone is entitled to their private political beliefs, the privacy of their vote, the privacy of their political support if they want to, even if they're as high profile a public figure as Tom Brady is. And I've never heard him say anything politically controversial or disrespectful. And I think that's by his own design because he wants to be a football player mm-hmm. and he wants to talk about football at the Super Bowl press conference. <laughs> Ooh, what a controversy. I, I share that frustration I, I, and I'd be frustrated even if he was badgered into it and said, yeah, I love Trump. I, Trump's the greatest. I love Trump, whatever. That's I, I don't find satisfaction in that because what is the conclusion then to oh, Tom Brady is okay with racism, sexism, xenophobia. He's awful. Mm-hmm. Look at this unearned moral superiority we have. Let's do the virtue dance and all us <laughs> reporters can, you know, talk with each the other. The virtue about, dance. Oh. What does that look like? Yeah, we'll have do to, it for us, Skag. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, um, I have not grown this show on dancing ability, not that I've grown this show too much, but certainly not dancing, uh, is the reason now. So there was, there's that the big question was too. uh, Lady Gaga was the halftime entertainment tonight. I thought for sure she was going to fit yeah. some crap in there. She didn't, she didn't people Good can correct on her. me if I'm wrong, but I paid Good attention. I didn't see any slight. I didn't really actually it was patriotic. It's um, it she's doing this with, country thing, right? I didn't watch it, but I mean, it, it, it opened with um, was it the national anthem or America the beautiful, but it opened with patriotic songs. And then she did a bunch mm-hmm. of her hits and there was no, I mean, the only possible angle you could go with was she played her song born this way. And people were like, Oh, I bet Pence is pissed that she played born this way. Cause Pence was at the super bowl. And I'm sure Pence doesn't give a shit. <laughs> oh. That's about as political as it got. So I Good. I give applause to Lady Gaga for doing what she was hired to do. Show up and entertain. Yeah, just sing. That's it. <laughs> now, the worst part of all of this was actually the ads. Now, but I, I, did, I prepped these ads. I was aware of three of them prior to the Super Bowl. And then I watched it. And then the first half, I saw two more. I was like, oh. I got to go load these in there. There's <laughs> two more. And then I want one of them is two parts and you have to go online to watch the second half. And the second half's even worse than the first half. The second half is the one that is going to cause a um, cranial evacuation. Let's put it that way on, on your part. So Super Bowl so, social justice ads. Let's check these out. Uh-oh. Something's wrong on my end. What in the world? I guess, I, what the hell? I'm having a Daryl moment right now. <laughs> Did you accidentally reveal your porn collection? Is that what the live audience <laughs> is go. looking at right now? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I got it up. Anyway, so you don't have to, <laughs> don't have to fill time with, <laughs> with more porn jokes. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, so check this out. This is, um, well, I'll let you know what they are as we go. So the first one is 
Uh, actually, I forgot. I already forgot. What is this first one? Oh, it's Coca-Cola. <laughs> Together is beautiful, blonde. You better buy a Coke. Oh, God. Oh, that, I, I put them in order of... Um, how irritating they are so let's that was that's, the least that's irritating the least one? oh that's by far the least irritating oh, here you go here's airbnb wait a minute wait 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 is that a coke that you're drinking right now i didn't know i opened it before the show <laughs> i didn't know man <laughs> i thought no one could see me i'm sorry that's why I, I can still see you on skype that's why i had to put it up okay back to airbnb <laughs> They accept. What does that even mean? I guess it implies that you don't. I don't know. Or some people don't. Okay, this next one's from Budweiser. This one I think is the most interesting because there's a little more conflicting opinion on this one. You don't look like you're from around here. I want to brew a beer. Welcome to America. You don't want it here. Go back home. Welcome to St. Louis, son. Beer for my friend, please. Thank you. But next time, this is the beer we drink. Eberhard Denheiser. Dolphus Busch. Okay, get ready. This one's for 84 Lumber. Whatever 84 Lumber is, I've never heard of it. We're going to go check out the conclusion of the journey at Journey 84 <laughs> in just a minute. So if you're, if you're unclear, that's clearly a depiction of... Um, Presumably illegal immigrants making a journey. We'll, we'll see what happens to their journey shortly. This is the worst one. This is Audi. What do I tell my daughter? Do I tell her that her grandpa's worth more than her grandma? That her dad is worth more than her mom? Do I tell her that despite her education, her drive, her skills, her intelligence, she will automatically be valued as less than every man she ever meets. Or maybe I'll be able to tell her something different. Oh, Audi of America, they're committed to equal pay for equal work. Look at oh them. They God. follow the law. They follow the law, but get this. It's just propaganda. Oh, it is propaganda, but get this. There's more. People called them out on Twitter because this ad was released a few days ago. Check out, check out this Twitter exchange with Audi and whoever this hero is. Who did it? Hey, Audi, you pay your female employees less than males? You know, that's against the law, right? Well, uh, when we account for all the various factors that go into pay, women at Audi uh, are on par with their male counterparts. <laughs> <laughs> so they debunk oh. their own BS propaganda ad on Twitter. 
How unreal is that? Oh, God. Yeah, the next person says exactly the point. Women at Audi work different jobs, which accounts for the perceived unequal pay. You made her point. God. They probably were like, oh, shit. I guess I can understand the immigration stuff that's coming up because that's, I do think it is kind of emotionally driven propaganda, but it is not as factually wrong as the Audi uh, thing is. Uh, it's more like it's it's wrong in kind of a, a theoretical level, I suppose. I mean, it's wrong, you know. If, obviously, if you believe laws should be followed, it's wrong in that regard too. But Audi is is providing propaganda they know to be factually wrong. They're not offering right. a, a vision of what the world should be in in the case of the immigration ones. They're saying this is the way the world is now when they know that's not the case by virtue of their own company. Now, um, a couple points. The, there's clearly a big like diversity immigration push in a lot of these. Not everyone had the harsh reaction to the Budweiser one. Now, I, I look at that Budweiser one and I think that's uh, clearly like an immigration issue driven ad where you're supposed to look at that and say, hey, uh, the Anheuser-Busch founders were immigrants, so pretty much everyone should come in. What I appreciate, I don't know if it was intentional in there or not. Let me find the spot in the... Uh... Hold on. Excuse the audio while I find the spot. You're but not wanted here. Yeah, you're not wanted here, but there's one yeah. spot in here that is of note. Right there. What's that? Oh, that's, that is the stamping of legal paperwork. To become a legal, legal U.S. citizen, right. which everyone is in favor of. Follow the law, come here, brew crappy beer, make a bajillion dollars. Great, great. I don't have a problem with that. Now, is the conclusion everyone should come here regardless of the law? That's open for debate. I don't know. I found that one markedly less offensive than the others. Well, in, <laughs> in case you had any question about whether 84 Lumbers was about illegal immigration, because I'm willing to let Budweiser off the hook. I think there's a way to interpret that that is not shame on you for not letting anyone in here whenever they want. Not the case for 84 Lumbers. If you recall, it said you have to go to journey84.com to see the conclusion. And I thought, well, I better, I better go check that out for the show. Maybe... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they get there and Trump gives them the boot and then they say, yeah, good. Buy our lumber or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But that's not what happens. Check out what happens in the part, uh, part two of the 84 lumber ad. So, oh man, I thought they were going to get to the wall and then they were going to cry and then they were going to turn around. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently 84 lumber built a wooden wall or a wooden door in the wall and they're welcome to walk through because anyone who wants to come here can, and you're morally inferior if you disagree. Oh my God. Here's my, I mean, I, I am not a big time business person. I don't make the marketing big box to make the type of production decisions and the messaging decisions and the communication decisions on these things. 
that they do. But how the hell does that sell lumber, especially Airbnb? <laughs> okay, at least they showed the wood in this one. Airbnb was just like, we accept everyone. Shame on you if you don't. Airbnb. I'm like, why don't you show me some of the properties you have for rent, you jackasses? I want to see like some condo on a coastal island that I can rent, not... Here's a picture of a Muslim and you better be okay with it. Right, right. And the implication there is that everybody else discriminates based upon race in business. That's all they're saying. We accept everybody regardless of race. Yeah, you and everybody else. Fuck off. Yeah, that's what I don't understand. As though it's this controversial opinion. And 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 Airbnb doesn't even sell anything. Yeah, they're just a facilitator. They sell the service, basically, of connecting people. one One of whom has a good and the other of whom has a need for that good, basically. Wouldn't it be amazing if Airbnb got slapped with some kind of big... Wasn't there... Maybe I'm misremembering. I thought there was some kind of racial discrimination suit against Airbnb at one point or something like that. I'm just making... I might be making things up here, but wouldn't it be amazing after that ad (laughs) if it came out that they were not uh, accepting in the way that they demand Hmm. that you be? So I don't understand. I don't understand why the pay gap makes me want to buy an Audi. I don't understand why immigration makes me want to buy Bud or lumber. Coca-Cola. I mean, I'd be, I don't understand why it makes me want to drink Coke, but there you are drinking Coke. So I guess it's working, but I'd love (laughs) to even see that ad. Come on. Come on. (laughs) I'd love to be a fly on the wall at these, uh, at these advertising meetings because it just makes no sense to me. Well, I think that they just look at the demographics that they're trying to appeal to, and then they write to those demographics, and then they loosely connect it to whatever they're selling. Hmm. Seems to have nothing to do with the product consistently. This is all social justice warrior nonsense. At at least Budweiser did that. At least they connected it to their product. Oh, yeah, they did. Maybe that's why it offended me the least. How did Coke do it? I, I don't even, it was just people in jobs didn't. walking it was, around, It was right? different people, it was different languages singing America the Beautiful, and then it said, um, together is more beautiful or something. Oh, that, how that's all it was. Moving, moving. It didn't even show them drinking Coke, I don't think. Except for at one point they were diving for um, bottle lids at the bottom of the pool. That, that was related to the product, I guess. I find the lumber one to be the worst, even though Airbnb is honorable mention. But the lumber one is openly advocating and saying, yes, we do want illegal immigration. We, we want right. the violation of laws. And not only are we cool with it, but you're morally inferior if you're not. Yeah, Because lumber. Because lumber. And yeah, I mean, risky business, too, I would think if you're in the lumber I'm just guessing here. I'm not familiar with the construction Isn't it filled with conservatives? It's got to be, right? Well, it seems like that, a middle but, America type of thing. But also, I would think the way your your structure works is you're going to sell to like big time accounts. You know, you're not selling like a Coke to every other person. You're selling right, right. potentially millions of dollars of lumber to gigantic buyers. And so if you piss off one, two, three, four, five, or hundreds of those buyers, you're taking a huge shot. Whereas if Coke pisses off like... 10% of people probably, I mean, they might piss off more, but Coke can, I think Coke can absorb that more than someone who has gigantic account buys. But again, that's just me right. guessing. I don't, I don't know how the industry works. So if someone's familiar, they might be able to clarify that a little bit. Okay. That's all I got on the ads. Oh, huh, well that was not as bad as I expected. Really? We didn't talk about the Audi commercial very much though. Okay. Go for it. Okay. So I guess my question about this is, uh, 
you're right. How do they even connect it back to the product? What, they were just, it was just a derby. She, she was yeah. driving a, yeah, she was driving a downhill derby. So race it was car. just like a comparative <laughs> thing. It was not even about Audi products. Well, her, she and her dad get in an Audi car at the end when they go home from the oh, race. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. All right. I'm done with this. I, I don't know. I mean, it's that <laughs> one, like I said, I find to be the most um, egregious propaganda of the entire group. Hmm. Yeah, because it's a lie. That's true. But in many ways, like a, depicting a, a world that you that you want to see is a huge manipulative lie as well. Yeah, kind of. So, I don't know. Maybe that one's worse. I think the immigration one is probably the lumber worse. one is a very emotionally appeal, a very emotional appeal. There's I clipped out just parts of it, but it goes on and on and on. And there's all kinds of crying and all kinds of sentimental moments. Mm. And the whole thing is the little girl is picking up scraps along the way and she builds that American flag out of the scraps, which shows how just how much she wants to get to America and how much she dreams. I don't like anecdotes. I mean, if you want to show anecdotes, if we have time to, for it. Uh, or we could go a little bit longer if you want to talk about it. It's a clip from Nancy Pelosi's town hall uh, that I have prepped of a what they call an angel mom. She was a mom whose son was brutally murdered by an illegal immigrant. And that's an equally emotional anecdote. Right, right. That supports the alternative conclusion. But, you know, that doesn't make a great Super Bowl ad. It doesn't make a great Super Bowl ad to, to show an American kid being brutally murdered by somebody who does not have a legal right to be here. That's true. Would you say that this year was worse, that these were more of the social justice warrior orientation than last year? I'd be guessing based on my own perception. I think yes. And I think it was probably a result of Trump, but I, I you know, it's, it's hard for me to remember years past. And plus those were my hipster, hippie leftist, liberal days and um, that's true I might You're not, biased. I might, right i might have not had the critical eye at the time that i do now but ultimately i share what the criticism and the, the concern and the frustration that you let off all of this talk with which is like can't we just have these great american institutions and just enjoy them together do we have to turn everything into a great big political debate or a political statement right, or this right. virtue signaling contest can't we just watch the football and have some cheesy funny commercials in yeah. between that we can all laugh at it doesn't have to be at some And it's a real lost opportunity for people of different political orientations to be coming together because they have to politicize this. Yeah. And I don't when's the last time you saw this from a conservative angle really? I, I can't remember. It just doesn't really happen. There are always this these leftist slants on these things and this right, leftist right. virtue signaling. And the left's always talking about uh, the con the Christian conservative right trying to brainwash people. And I, I, I racking my brain, I can't even remember the last time I've experienced that kind who's, of propaganda. There's well, never there is there is a big opportunity. Who's Audi's competitor? Would it be because they're kind of like a luxury brand? I don't know. One of Audi's competitors just come out with a two, two second ad. The wage gap is not real. Then you're <laughs> sold. Yeah, I'm going really. to the dealer to buy your car right now. That's I don't even care idea. if it's a good car or a crappy car. I don't even care how much it costs. Sold. I'm buying it. You want to? I, um... I did want to talk about this Trigley Prof thing because I have to um, make a disclaimer about the video that I made yesterday. Okay, but can I can I go really quick? Because the next item I have is Clock Boy, and I because <laughs> I this Clock Boy story. Are you familiar with Clock Boy and what happened? Originally, I, I'm not familiar with yeah. this update on Clock Boy though. Okay, so Clock Boy for people that don't remember, this was. Fall of 2015, 
Clock Boy at the time is this 14-year-old high school kid, and he, he brought what looked like a hoax bomb to school. <laughs> it was a disassembled clock radio in a pencil case. The police, or the teachers thought it looked like a bomb because it does. And they reported it to the principal, and this 14-year-old kid, Clock Boy, was arrested. And then it became, and later he, he wasn't charged with anything because police determined he didn't have any malicious intent, but it became this big poster event for Islamophobia. Oh, he was targeted because he's Sudanese and he's Muslim, let alone, not to mention the fact that he brought what looked like a very real weapon right. to school. So that th- this was one of the early cases of this Islamophobia uh, witch hunting that that we now see everywhere, kind of in the fetishization of the hijab that we are now at. But at the time, Clockboy, he was invited to the White House. He was this poster child for wrongful Islamophobia. And there was, of course, a lot of conservative commentary on this. Glenn Beck, Ben Shapiro, a bunch of other people. Clockboy files a lawsuit. I don't know when the lawsuits were filed, but he files lawsuits against them for defamation. This week... Uh, finally, or I don't know if it was this week. The news was this week. It might have been earlier in January. The lawsuits were finally uh, dismissed, or at least the particular one against um, against Ben Shapiro. So here's the dismissal in case. Uh, Ahmed Muhammad is Clockboy's name, and his father's name is Mohammed Mohammed. <laughs> so you have Mohammed Muhammad's son bringing what looks like a bomb to school and people saying, whoa, okay, that's a little bit sketchy. And they're trying to file suit for this. And ultimately they lost. But you know what? Not before it got to the desk of the president. Trump has had a busy week this week with executive orders, but he did make time to weigh in and file an executive order on the clock boy incident. All right, we're going to sign three memorandums uh, right now. The first one is the policy on uh, Clockboy and Clockboy's father. Everyone knows what that means, right? We've been talking about this for a long time. Thank you. Okay. Only one Muhammad allowed per name. Okay. Bill Maher does new rules. I'm going with an executive order. Only one Muhammad per name. I'm going with it. And that's only the, the second shittiest joke that I've made, uh, considering the Daryl segment. But uh, look, uh, of course, I'm sympathetic to other cultures. We can't have John Johns, okay? We can't, we can't have uh, Jerome Jeromes, okay? We can't have Muhammad Muhammad's. Well, if you want a similar executive order for John Johns, I'll pass that too. We can't do this. <laughs> we cannot do this. And I'm glad the president took a stance on it. That's all I got. Had to get that. President Trump for the win. <laughs> Am I a bad person for looking at that uh, order, for the case dismissal, and seeing Mohammed Mohammed and laughing, to be honest. Am I bad uh, for that? Yes, of course you are. Call me out on that if I Your am. Your soul maybe, is rotten, Scott. Maybe I'm way off base, but... <laughs> it's what we were all thinking. <laughs> Muhammad Muhammad's son brings a clock radio in a pencil case to school. It looks like a bomb, and then everyone who's concerned gets called out for Islamophobia. That's, that is the social justice world that we want. That's all I got on Clock Boy. I just had to get that crappy, obligatory joke. <laughs> 
<laughs> we are your source for crappy obligatory jokes tonight. <laughs> I had to get that out of the way. Nice. Probably pay the price. Good. I can't wait to have, you know, my mentions. Oh, you're, nah, I hated that joke. And you're Islamophobic or you're a big. What? Yep. You think that our audience isn't over that already? I know. I think I know. that we've shaken those people loose long ago. I guess so. Okay. You get your wish. Trigley prof. And then if we have time, we're, we're right about the hour mark. But do you think we have time just to get it through the the Nancy Pelosi thing too? I do think yeah, it's something you might it. you might want to weigh in on. So let's. There's not that much to say on Trigley Prof. That really. And part but of the, I your just, I feel bad for putting it in my video because I I did like when I was working I didn't read the news for a few hours and naturally in like the three hours I didn't read the news the information came out that this was an actress. So I released my video. Um, and for those of you that hadn't haven't seen it, it's this video of this supposed NYU professor just losing her shit talking about how. Students aren't trained to kill Nazis or to beat Nazis because they're peaceful. And it's like a crazy tirade. Um, so it got circulated and I picked it up from Real Clear Politics. It was on Heat Street. I must have seen it on like five sources that I trust. I put it in my video. Turns out even this this might be weirder, less believable than she's a professor. She's this like weird uh, performance artist and she has all these pictures up, professional photos of her doing like weird sex stuff with lobsters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me, I actually pulled that from her oh, site. Oh, fuck's sake. Um, I, I realized I can't show it because it didn't look that bad in small resolution and then I blew it up and I'm like, holy cow, I can't show this. Let me find it here. This is her homepage. Uh, this is, it's like, I forget what the URL is, but it's Rebecca Goyette. This is lobster porn. There's all kinds of lobster porn image. One of the images in the middle right there that I've had to blur out is just this pile of humanity dressed up as lobsters in an orgy. So what? yeah, I didn't put that in the, uh, I didn't put that in the chat or in the, in the notes, but if you want to see it, click on, I think I put the link. Yeah. It's uh, rebogallery.com. Oh, I can't, it's, it's saying I can't, I can't do that, but oh. I did uh, Google it yesterday and it was did really obscene, really obscene yeah, I stuff. Have. I got the um, wrong, uh, Oh, it's because I spelled it wrong. Just totally gross stuff. Yeah, uh, weird so, so stuff. So she's a performance artist. But then I also read that she has connections to Maria Abramovich, um, the spirit cooker. And so I was like, oh my gosh, is this like some weird ring of modern artists doing all this crazy <laughs> performance art stuff? I think it might be. Yeah. Uh, but also she she was a professor at, I believe, Montclair. She taught um, art there. Oh, okay. There. So it's not entirely crap that but she's, she's a professor. But she was a former professor. She was some kind of like shitty interim And definitely not at New York University. Professor. Definitely not at NYU. Yeah. So which, the, um, and, the, and the context for this tirade is Gavin McGinnis was giving a, oh, yeah, a speech yeah. at NYU. And of course, he's a Nazi. And well, you and I are Nazis. <laughs> he's a Nazi. Everyone's a Nazi who doesn't agree with this fringe leftist lunacy. You're a Nazi. So that is the context. Um, and she is having this tirade against, I presume, NYPD, some sort of New York police force. Yeah. So let's see what she's got.
against racism and xenophobia and LGBTQ rights, and you're letting these fucking neo-Nazis near here. You should kick their ass. You should. It's not up to these students to kick the ass of a neo-Nazi. They don't have to raise their fists. They were taught to be peaceful. Fuck you. Fuck you. It's coming from a professor. I'm a professor. She's a God professor. God. Hey guys, she's a professor. You're here to protect the Nazis. So fuck you. They're taught to be peaceful, and you won't kick their asses for them. What is this oh, nonsense? Okay, the so the question is, is this a performance art piece, or is this just some crazy bitch on her off time being crazy? Hmm. Hmm. Well, the crowd there does seem mixed. The person recording it does seem to be sarcastic. Yeah, she's, she's a, a professor. professor. Look at her. Yeah. But there's plenty of endorsement for her. And I didn't I clipped it. But when she walks away, there's actually wild applause for her. Yeah. yeah. So either way, people like the performance. Uh, this seemed to me to be to to ring true, which is why I put it in my video, because I've seen stuff like this happen before. Um, you know, you've been to you've been to protests. Like, is this the most out of control thing that you would have ever seen? I, I don't yeah. know. Well, I've never seen someone yell like that. But I don't I'm know. Not, we'll it's not like, like I go to RNC. tons of them. I, did we, I don't think we saw anyone yelling like that, though. Uh, I don't know. I mean, AIDS Cowboy and, and those people, those were, oh, they were yeah. screaming in each AIDS other's faces. Um, oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I, I'm still kind of inclined to believe that this is um, somebody that is a crazy Marxist, like modern art, performance art type. But this is this might be authentic. So So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, the one thing that, whether it's a performance or whether it's 100% sincere, the one thing that does stick to me is, again, the applause. I'm big on the applause thing. It's what I said with Sally Boyton Brown and the applause at the DNC event where she, if she said shut down white people and everyone's, yeah, okay. This lady is saying it is the police officer's job to kick the ass of people with ideas uh, with which right, you right. disagree. Now that should not be applauded. Just right. think about that mob rule. Well, the mob has decided and now the police have to kick your ass for the wrong ideas. And I'm not, um, I'm, you're probably more keen on Gavin than I am. He has some, Gavin is one of the most on the spot, funny people I've ever seen. Some yeah. people are really gifted in creating comedy that they can think about beforehand. He's incredibly gifted on the spot, make it funny immediately on prompt. What do you think as someone who follows his stuff probably more than I do, is he anything close to Nazi? I don't know. No, it. no. And he's married to um, a lady who's not white either. So, okay. so I, I mean, he's got like, he's to some degree, he's impervious to this, this kind of criticism, but calling him a Nazi is just patently insane. Like, I don't think I've ever heard him say anything about the Jews or you know anything like that. Yeah. He's not alt right. He would never classify himself as alt right. Um, he's a civic nationalist calling him a Nazi is insane. I mean, totally insane, probably well, even more insane than calling Milo a Nazi. And that's why I worry about the precedent. You know, Richard Spencer's a Nazi. And honestly, I, I, based on what I've heard, I disagree with that statement, but we'll go with identitarian, whatever he wants. He's probably the closest to a Nazi mm -hmm. uh, out of the group. So they call him a Nazi and they punch him next Milo's a Nazi. Okay, we're going to shut him down with violence. Next, Gavin's a Nazi. Okay, the police should be shutting him down with Nazi. You and I are, are already there. Uh, if we yeah. were to go to an event like this, we're Nazis. Shut it down. <clears throat> Presumably everyone I know and listen to 
who is could, a Nazi, right? could have this criticism and this demand for mob rule and police force against them thrown against them with equal validity. And that precedent. But she's not advocating worry. for mob rule. What she's advocating for is the police exclusively to shut down this Gavin event. She's saying all these people, we've taught them to be nonviolent. They shouldn't have to de deal with these people. They shouldn't have to fight Nazis because we've taught them to be nonviolent. They it's the police's responsibility to do it. They shouldn't have to have speakers they don't like talk at events they don't have to go to. Yeah, it's unreal. Go home. Go home. Microwave a burrito. Play some Xbox. I don't care if um, Rachel Maddow comes and well, if Rachel Maddow did come and talk here, I'd probably go just to see what was up. But for the most part, take take your your leftist du jour. If they come here and I don't have uh, an interest in going, I'm not going to. Right, right. I doubt I would protest. I have no problem with protest if you want to protest the speaker, but I have no interest in shutting it down for the people who want to see the event. And that's the key distinction. Uh, right. That's definitely true. And we know that she's amongst people of her political orientation because you see a sign um, that says smash uh, fascism and white supremacy in the background. And she's like in layman's clothes. And so I, I, I don't know. I, I'm still fairly convinced that this is authentic. But people in the chat are telling me that I'm <laughs> that I'm dead wrong. But I, well, I don't yeah, know. I, before, the, before we were live, I was appreciating because you posted your video last night and um, mm -hmm. and then you post <laughs> if that guy T is here. I don't know if he's here or not, but he did call you out and say, hey, sorry, blonde rules are rules. And there's the Donald Trump gif of you are fake news. Oh, actually, <laughs> you know what? Just for T. Let me find it. This is for T. You are fake news. You are fake news, blonde. That Damn is, it. <laughs> that is oh, just man. for him. And I expect you to do the same for me. But you know what? I actually do my research and I check my things before. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on, man. And, and that story no, broke just happen. like right, right when I released my video. Yeah. And so I just had to put a little disclaimer and sorry, guys, I, I'm sorry. It was on Real Clear Politics and, 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 and to your point, whether she is a professor is it is an important detail, but it, it is a detail that it's a detail that has no bearing on the sentiment of the crowd. It's not just because she was a professor. It is the thing she was advocating, namely right. shutting down an event by force because Nazis are speaking. Her, right, her role right. as professor doesn't really have a bearing on that, which is the key part. Yes, and this event. passed through my radar because it's consistent with other things that have been happening, and it comes on the heels of Berkeley, where there was actual violence in the you know in an attempt to stop a purported neo-Nazi from speaking. Um, so this was not like totally you know out of the stratosphere of what is realistic. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, my gosh, we're already 10 minutes over, but I, I would like to get your take on this Pelosi thing. Cause this, this was pretty interesting and something that not a lot of people talk this about this week. Cause there's so much crap going on. There's not a lot of time. Have you seen this clip from Nancy? Pelosi I have yet? not this since we haven't got your head to explode yet. This is my last, my last effort, <laughs> Great, awesome. but Nancy Pelosi, uh, democratic Congresswoman from San Francisco, former speaker of the house, um, Botox, uh, Botox poster child Nancy Pelosi has a town hall event on CNN this week where she's taking questions from, I guess, just, you know, Americans from anywhere. This particular person asking a question is from Texas. Now, this is just a, you want to talk about emotional appeals from the Super Bowl. This is an emotional appeal, as I mentioned, on the same issue in the other direction. Let's check out what this mom has to say in Nancy Pelosi's response. 
Since we're on the subject of sanctuary cities, I want to turn to Laura Wilkerson, who's a Republican from Pearl in Texas. She also has a question of border security. Thank you for having me. Please excuse my voice tonight. There are over 300 cities in this country that are sanctuary cities, like San Francisco. And you're not only choosing to disavow the law, but you're adding sanctuary to people who can come there and disavow the law. In 2010, one of the illegals slaughtered my son. He tortured him, he beat him, he tied him up like an animal and he set him on fire. And I am not a one-story mother. This happens every day because there are no laws enforced at the border. If you need to go home tonight and line up your babies, as you say, and your grandbabies, which one of them could you look in their eyes today and tell them that they're <clears throat> expendable? Well, I, I, again, I commend you for sharing your story. I can't even imagine can't. the pain. No, I, I can't even imagine. There's, there's nothing, I'm sure, that can compare to the grief that you have. But I do want to say to you that in our sanctuary cities, our people are not disobeying the law. Uh, these are law-abiding citizens. It enables them uh, to be there without being reported to ICE in case of another crime that they might bear witness to. The point is, is that you do not turn law enforcement officers into immigration officers. That is really what the point is in a sanctuary city. What? All right, will that do it for you? That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> By virtue of being in this country, they're breaking the law. Yeah. <laughs> they're not breaking the law other than the fact that every they're second cool. they are here is a violation of the law. Yeah. What? God, is... how could she look in that woman's face and say that? Jeez. Yeah. Do you think she yeah. believes what she is dishing out? She believe this? She know that she is lying to this woman. I, I don't know. I, for me to speculate on Nancy Pelosi's true motivations, I, I don't know. Um, but I, one thing that does bother me about this line of reasoning Let's grant all her premises, right, or, or, or one premise she would presumably agree with, which is uh, people immigrate here illegally and they don't commit crimes at a rate that is any different from the normal population. Now, that might be true, but the point is, in the context of someone who is here illegally, I don't care about the rate because the target rate there is not kind of normalized. The target rate there is zero because they shouldn't have been here in the first place. That's kind of the point. Uh yeah. So I don't care if these illegal immigrants commit crime more, less. I don't care. They're, they're, they're breaking the law by virtue of being here. And even one case, and I know it's not realistic. We don't live in a perfect world where this would never happen. But we as a country, to that mother's point, we owe it to moms like that to ensure the safety um, of, of her children to the extent that right. obviously we all run the risk of murder every day, honestly. Like you drive a car, you run the risk of dying in a car accident. And that's not murder, I know. But, you know, we take risks every single day. But the point is there's, there's freedom and rights that are granted to you as a, as a citizen of the United States. And those are all risks that we accept as citizens of the United States. The right. risks I accept are not someone who has no legal right to be here cutting me, shooting me, burning me. That is um, the rate doesn't matter in that context. To even me. if every single illegal immigrant is a perfect citizen, even a productive citizen, I don't care because uh, they're costing taxpayers money that that belongs to citizens of this country. So I don't know if that's even a fair point, but we do know that they commit uh, crimes at a at a vastly higher rate than naturalized citizens. Hmm. Well, I <laughs> I mean, all I've been told today is that if I believe in 
the if I believe in our right to secure our borders, that I'm a terrible person. And all I wanted to do was watch football. But here we are. So I don't know. That's tough, Nancy Pelosi, to choose to choose the narrative over such a such an awful story. But, oh God, um, I know that poor woman. Yeah, and it's so strange too. And so she says we don't want our police officers, by which she means San Francisco City police officers, to be immigration officers. I guess. I mean, they're, so she doesn't want them to enforce federal law. Well, I mean, yeah, do they yeah. do they need to enforce it, or is it just a question of if you become aware of it, why can't you tell ICE and let ICE do it? I don't know. Maybe I should look more into sanctuary cities because I can see the argument that like. Oh, San Francisco police should watch out for San Francisco law. And that's about it. But you're still a keeper of the public peace and right. kind of the public laws generally. So maybe if maybe you're not the enforcement agency for that particular issue, but why, why should, why should they be banned? And I, I think that's the case in sanctuary cities. I might be wrong, but I think in a sanctuary city, the police force actually is, they're not allowed to, or not supposed to tell ICE or federal authorities I'm not entirely more. sure, although I should look yeah. into it because I believe Seattle is a sanctuary city. I should know more about this before speculating on the specifics. But as a theoretical concept, I just, it's just bunk. It's just nonsense. Why, if, if you're a keeper of the public peace and you see a threat to the public peace and the public laws of this country, why shouldn't you, right. one, intervene, or two, at the very least, inform the people whose job it is to intervene? Right. Hmm. And this is all under the guise uh, that they 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 could witness crime and not report yeah. it based upon a concern about being deported. Right. That's a that, reason. That, I mean, is, come on. It, how many people is that really? How who does that really affect? Yeah. I mean, I understand the fear. If if you're an illegal immigrant here and you want to succeed, obviously you don't want to commit crime yourself because that's not going to be good if you get caught. But right. I do understand the fear she's describing too, where it's like you don't want to report a crime because then you might be caught. However, even if you're in a sanctuary city, do you really trust the authorities still even there to, to, to trust them enough to report the crime? Oh, I'm safe here. I think if you're an illegal, you just want to maintain, you, you want to be completely under darkness at all times. You don't want to ever talk to police officers or under any law enforcement right, right. agency under any circumstance. So I, I would like to see data. If, um, if Nancy Pelosi can provide data on crimes that were thwarted or justice that was achieved because illegals reported to San Francisco police or any sanctuary city police about crimes that were being committed, maybe there's an argument there. I, well, why can these I crimes the not be uh, reported anonymously either? That's Aren't a good crimes question. reported anonymously all the time? That's a good question. I would think so. <laughs> this seems like it, it's something that affects nobody. I mean, do you know anybody that's ever needed to report a crime like this? I mean, known no. about a murder and didn't have anybody to tell? No. <laughs> no, you don't. No. So I, I don't buy it in theory, but I welcome Nancy Pelosi's uh, data evidence whenever she is able to provide that. I'm guessing never. Would be would be my just guess. send it over beauty and the pain at gmail.com. Yeah, Nancy, email us anytime. <laughs> You're also welcome on the show yeah, anytime. We're pulling the big names now. You know? We are We're pulling the big names. Nancy's welcome anytime. You know who did? Um, I will say this before we get out. You know who did email me back was Sally Boynton Brown. Really? I sent her the video I did on the shutting down white people in good faith and said, listen, I think you're doing very serious damage to the Democratic Party as someone who has now left the Democratic Party, yeah. at least for the time being. She did get back to me. She said she'd check it out and she urged me to check out her website and stuff. I, I stopped short of inviting her on the show. 
Um, and I assume she's probably too busy, but I would love to talk to Sally. Uh, seriously. I'd, I'd talk to her in good faith and try to figure it out. Do you think Um, it was her or do you think it was a secretary? I'm guessing it was, I don't think she's got a big staff to be honest. Yeah, probably not. That's true. I don't, it it might've been, it might've, she said, I will, I will check this out. And she signed it Sally. So I assume that leads me to believe that it is her. (laughs) It's possible. Maybe we can get her on the show once she loses because she will lose a hundred percent will lose. But oh, I've been yeah. wrong about everything this election year, so maybe <laughs> future DNC chair Sally Boynton Brown can come on the show. Ooh, we made it through. The only item I have left on the list that I don't think we need to talk about is Sarah Silverman and Judd Apatow calling for violent overthrow. Oh God, that was this week. week. It feels like it is just that was forever yeah. ago, but I guess that was what six days ago. Yeah, Sarah Silverman says the military is going to join her and overthrow this fascist regime, and um, Judd Apatow reply responded to the Berkeley riots by saying, "This is just the beginning. You have to understand. Basically, you have to understand that you've provoked this." Is what he said. Oh yeah. Yeah. And there's more to come, but then he deleted the tweet. That's outrageous. And I know that you're not super into boycotts, but come on. Like, I will never see a Judd Apatow. Never. It's if getting I find harder. out that Judd Apatow is working on a project, nope. It's sorry. getting harder. <laughs> it's getting harder for me to justify supporting these uh, these people's work, especially when you're advocate. Sarah Silverman actually advocated a coup. I know. She just outright advocated a coup. Yeah. What was the exact wording of that tweet? It was really bad. It was like, uh, I can't I'll remember. find it. Sarah Silverman. Uh, you type in Sarah Silverman into Google and it autofills Sarah Silverman cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, wake up and join the resistance. Let's find the tweet here though. Okay. Uh, wake up and join the resistance. All caps. So you know, she's serious. Wake up and join the resistance. Once the military is with us, fascists get overthrown. Mad King and his handlers go bye-bye with four hearts. Four hearts following. Uh, we're all going to die. Sounds dire, but we are, though. Parentheses, all going to die. Dude, what is going on? That one was in lowercase, though, so a little oh, less. Less important, less, less vital. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. I feel like uh, diplomacy has been ineffective, and we only have a few lines of defense before violence, and one of them is is boycott. It's It's using our economic force to show these people that they can't indoctrinate us with their social justice warrior bullshit anymore. I'm with you there. Something's got to change this. I, I, it blows my mind. Like I said, I can't believe the Super Bowl ads are somehow profitable, somehow a wise business decision. I can't believe that people who make entertainment products like this, somehow this is a, is a wise decision to adv- advocate the violent overthrow. Well, they of- aren't. You saw the downvotes in that Audi. Was it, wasn't it like 45,000 downvotes versus? It's probably, it, yeah. It, it's, yeah, it, was it was crazy. I mean, people are not into this. They, they are going to respond by withholding their dollars. I hope so. I hope so. That's all I got, man. 20, 20 extra minutes. Maybe we shouldn't have spent 20 minutes uh, making Daryl jokes. Maybe then we would have uh, finished <laughs> you within the hour. know it was worth it. Come on. Yeah, well, maybe when I listen back to it, if I go back and listen to that segment, I'll, I'll find it to be quite cringy. But we had to do it. We had to do it. There was no way out of it. And appreciate everybody who joined in on the... Uh, construction of the cringe and the poor one-liner jokes supplemented with the, the <laughs> rim shot that is the duct tape operation the duct tape production you know how it is that's all i got if you're good to go yeah okay well uh big show next week we teased it i think on tuesday and, and on sunday as well but it's going to be the valentine's day super show with uh youtube's finest couples bearing sugar tits jeff and mem holiday all returning veterans of the show of course 
they're going to come together for one big celebration of love. And I've been told uh, Mem Holiday wants to dress formally, which I assumed you would also be interested in. Ooh. Um, if you have formal wear at your... <laughs> you know I do. Okay, so if you have formal wear, we might go formal. And I got ripped when I wore a bow tie in Cleveland, so maybe I'll have to wear a normal tie this time. We'll see. Or I can bring back the bow tie. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, time of the show is still uh, a matter of negotiation. I, um, I have to check with Bearing and Tits to make sure we're going to be... I, I'm aiming for the normal showtime, Sunday 9 Eastern if we can, but if Bearing and Tits need to change it, then we'll have to, we'll have to switch it up. And Bearing is still in our live chat, he was doing a little shit posting earlier. Hello, Oh, Bearing. was he? Excellent. Okay. <laughs> Gosh, that man, does he ever get off YouTube? He is just permanently on YouTube. Making you know the YouTube. answer to that. Jeez, that guy is just, that guy's an animal. <laughs> wait, wait, sorry. That guy's an animal. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay, if it wasn't time to get out of here. Um, it is now. Yeah, it is absolutely time to get out of here. Speaking of bearing in tits. That's bearing and tits for you, of course, on the outro. So thanks, as always, to our live viewers and live chatters, bearing included, helping to keep us honest, shitposting away while we try to maintain some level of sincerity. If you're listening uh, on YouTube or on an audio platform on demand, thank you as well for supporting the show. Remember, there's more material, including the call-in show on those audio platforms, so check those out iTunes, Google Play, all of them. Where you can find podcasts, you can find us. They're all linked conveniently in the description for you. You can always email us, tell us how much we suck, or give us questions, requests, or suggestions at beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. We'll be back tentatively next Sunday. Stay tuned on Twitter and elsewhere if plans change. But next Sunday with a super show of veteran guests, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not me at the press. It's Beauty and the Beta. We'll catch you then. 